This is Lon Winters with Graphic Elephants. This is Jimmy Lamp. This is Matt Masala with the RhinestoneWorld.com. And you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. And you are listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by... My name is Terry Combs RG. Regular Guy. And Aaron Montgomery. We're just regular guys having fun and uh, trying to, to make a living in this really cool and exciting industry. I think we all want to succeed 100% of the time. Seek to understand before I try and make myself understood. Bring a ton of great information. Coming to you live from somewhere dark, dirty, and dank. All right. Welcome into the show. It is Friday, July 14th, 2023. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me at oursuccessgroup.com. Today, Terry, it's going to be you and I having a great conversation about decoding pricing strategies. So, this is a bit of a continuation of a conversation we had back in January where, you know, shockingly enough, right, we had an outline and we didn't get to everything on our outline. So uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to do that and continue that discussion today. And uh, exciting news here, Terry, we're we're launching a brand new segment here today at the very end of the show called The Secret Sauce. And uh, so the, the regulators know that, you know, there's always golden nuggets all the way throughout the entire presentation, but uh, sometimes, you know, we, we've got to make sure that we we let people know about it. So we've got this tip coming at the end. Um, I'm actually going to kick it off this week, and I'm going to share a quick tip about uh, utilizing AI, uh, Skynet, as Terry calls it. So <laughs> all Skynet, all Skynet. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, looking forward to uh, to bringing that segment at the end of the show called Secret Sauce. So make sure you. Uh, Stay all the way to the end there, Terry. That's uh, uh, hopeful that uh, we, we get people there. Um, if only for the new intro. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's actually really fun. We had a good time building it. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, the other thing that we want to try to do, we're going we're gonna to roll, right? That This is another thing that we talked about, ways to improve. How do we get better, right? We, we're at show 508, I think this one is. And um, when, you, when you're at 508, you still got to improve every time. So, um, Shall we roll right into the news, Terry? Let's do. Let's hear from the apparel right. list. Let's do it, Eric. Good morning, guys. Yeah, I'll try and roll through quickly. I'm personally excited for Secret Sauce, so I will be hanging out to the end of the show, but I usually try to. So really exciting announcement from you guys. couple headlines for all of you regulators this morning. Um, Two very different headlines for you today, and you will see why in just a quick second. Um, first headline, <clears throat> Kanye West taps Los Angeles Apparel's Dove Charney to rebuild Yeezy. Here's some details for all of you. The retail, pop culture, and wholesale apparel worlds have collided once again, but not really in a way every one of us probably expected. Kanye West, who now goes by Yee, is reviving his Yeezy business, and according to Rolling Stone, he has Dove Charney by his side. Um, I don't know how much all of you are keeping up about the controversies surrounding Yee, Kanye, um, but I think all of us are pretty well aware of a lot of the controversy that surrounds Dove Charney. Um, so Charney is known for founding American Apparel, which he ultimately had to leave behind due to allegations of sexual harassment. Later, he founded Los Angeles Apparel, where he now serves as a senior partner. Um, we had we had shared a headline earlier this year that Dove had also filed not earlier this year, last year. Wow, where has the year gone? Um, that Dove had filed for bankruptcy and that included Los Angeles Apparel. So not sure how that plays in, but take it for what you will. 
While the Yi Charney partnership might be news to some, the pair ha has had a working relationship that started several months back. Again, this is according to Rolling Stone. Charney printed the White Lives Matter shirt that Yi wore during the Yeezy season nine show in October 2022. Again, super controversial shirt, but we'll let you make your own assumptions and judgments there. A source tells Rolling Stone that since April, Yeezy employees were told to keep Charney in the know on any major decisions, including finances. So let's leave that one there and move on to some very positive, happy, feel good headlines. Um, Fanatics hosts star-studded giveaway event for underserved families. Uh, we love sharing this kind of news, obviously. Um, when people use merch for good, it's always a really fun thing. Maybe it'll inspire some ideas with all the rest of you. So here are some details for everybody. In its first ever Merch Madness event, Fanatics brought together athletes and celebrities around the U.S. to give away merchandise to underserved families. This initiative was led by Fanatics CEO Michael Rubin, and the event featured names such as Russell Wilson, Meek Mill, and others who participated. CBS News reported that over 300,000 pieces of apparel worth about $20 million were donated to assist 100,000 families in need. Um, those are some really big numbers, but again, really exciting to see fanatics using their power for good. Um, the article in CBS News states that the idea came about last year when Fanatics held a global impact day. Um, that's where all employees were encouraged to dedicate a day to improving the world. Um, over 4,000 Fanatics employees volunteered across the 100 locations for this event. That included popular stadiums like Gillette Stadium. Um, that's where the New England Patriots call home Allegiant Stadium. But they also went to schools uh, such as Frederick Douglass Academy in Harlem. So really kind of hit a wide breadth of area here. Um, the big takeaway here is that the decorated apparel industry is seeing more and more events like this, right? Um, earlier this year, Haynes Brands partnered with Super Soul Party. Um, that's an initiative that helps homeless people. Um, I We've seen like Stoked on Printing in Las Vegas partnered up with some really cool initiatives. So I think this is just a really good example of how decorated apparel and merchandise packages can serve as a great way to not only help a community and sort of help any personal goals and initiatives, but also as a great way to set up partnerships with nonprofits, fundraisers, and give back to various communities. Um, that's everything I've got for you uh, this week, guys. Enjoy a great show. Wow, a feel-good story and a what-the-heck story. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Cassie did such a good job delivering it, right? You, you make your own decisions, right? We're not trying to cast any judgment. We're just sharing the news. So, Cassie, thank you so much. And uh, Alan Howe actually says, looking forward to having Cassie on Q&A right after the two regular guys. So uh, oh. check that out for sure. Um, Terry, we've got uh, the dad joke coming up in just one moment, but I do want to say hello to some folks that are tuned in, uh, checking the live version out today. So we've got Kingsbury Crafts checked in early there. Happy Friday, everybody. Um, Mr. Jerry Delheimer, good morning, regulators. Uh, Kristen says, good morning, gentlemen. I think she's probably talking to Eric, but um, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. All right. And uh, David Gross, good morning, Mr. David Gross from Connie Systems. Uh, we already talked to Alan. Rena in this morning as well. Good morning to you. So we got everybody checking in here. Appreciate that. 
Um, what else did I mess up? Thank you, Chuck. Good morning. And Martha Taylor, thank you for joining us here this morning. So um, now, are we ready for the dad joke, Terry? This we is, are, and, I, and you're the contributor this time. I know. And the, I've read it so many times. I heard it and I chuckled. I read it. I chuckled. I, th this one I, I, I really love. So you guys can cast any judgment upon me that you want. But this <laughs> one really uh, makes me giggle. So here we go. You know, Terry, I started telling everybody about the benefits of dried grapes. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm just raising awareness. <laughs> For our podcast <laughs> listeners, raisin. <laughs> <laughs> dried grapes, raisin. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, good morning, Becky Gallimore. All right. So there we go. All There's right. our dad joke for the day, Terry. Um, we, we got we, that. We got them uh, kind of backed up. We've got uh, quite a few ready, but hey, if anybody out there has a dad joke you'd like to contribute, we're we're always uh, looking for uh, for new, fresh dad jokes. I don't know if that's a oxymoron, that fresh <laughs> dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> and ones that we can read on the air, by the way. All right. Just uh, yeah, yeah. Because we have, we'll get those that. other ones, too. <laughs> but yes, we, <laughs> we will chuckle amongst ones. ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we just won't share those out here. All right. Uh, yes, All right. definitely. I love that, Terry. So um, how about some <laughs> housekeeping here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we dive in, we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. Uh, we need your voices. We would love to have the regulators participate in our show intros. So go to, and Eric, your name is covering up my script here. Uh, <laughs> go to decorators.inc, I-N-K, uh, forward slash intro, and read a few sentences to be a part of every show. And we've gotten a few, but uh, don't be left out. We'd like you to be right there contributing. And yeah, Tara, we, we need like one more, really, honestly, to be honest with you guys. And then we can get a new one. And then bring bring more. We'll, we'll make more intros so we're not having the same one every time. But uh, we've yeah. got a couple in hand. And, and so if you've been on the fence, just go do it. Go to decorators.inc forward slash intro real quick. Thank you. Sorry. All right. We're always <laughs> looking for new guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to Calendly, Calendly.com slash two, the number two, regular guys, and uh, give us your show ideas. If you are listening to the podcast version of the show, we would appreciate you sharing the two regular guys podcast with all of your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would certainly appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, YouTube Podcasts, wherever you do your podcast listening. And if you're watching us live right now, please join in with your comments and your questions. Indeed. Well, let's dive right in then, Terry, because uh, as in the past, right, we've uh, we've left some meat on the bone and uh, our goal here is to try to uh, <laughs> get, get it all chewed here today. But um yeah, because this is a continuation here, Terry, this conversation today about uh, decoding pricing um, back on the 27th of January. I mentioned that we did this earlier. We had a what I thought was a really great conversation about the art of pricing. In fact, uh, if you want to go check that out, you certainly can. Uh, if you just go to tworegularguys.com forward slash the dash art dash of dash pricing, um, you can uh, you can go back or, or just uh, type in pricing into the search at the bottom of the Two Regular Guys website. And uh, when I went back to kind of look at this uh, in preparation for this show, we, we went 20 minutes into bonus time there, Terry. So that would just <laughs> give us a <laughs> little reference today. Point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so we still didn't cover all the notes there. And, um, you know, we kind of marked this as something we wanted to come back and talk about because in the work that I get to do with our success group and, and helping people build businesses that they love, 
one of the main struggles that people have is it's pricing, right? How do I price my products? So I'm profitable yet I'm still getting business. And so we kind of felt like this week was a, a good week for us to uh, hit this again. It's kind of in the summer and, and kind of uh, opportunity to kind of, okay, we're halfway through the year, let's regroup. Um, and you came up with six really great questions um, and, and that we're going to explore here. And and then kind of leave you guys with some details and, and hopefully you can leave this podcast with the confidence in your pricing, a little bit more confidence in your pricing. So, um, you know, like I said, this is an area that we work on a ton over at our success group. So I will uh, try not to uh, <laughs> talk too much, but I, as you know, this is a passion topic for me, Terry. So <laughs> well, we had that conversation yesterday in our show prep that I'm like, I know you talk about this all the time, so feel free to take the lead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm excited about it, but we also want to make sure we get it done. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, do you have that post-it note, Terry? I forgot to put mine up, but <laughs> yeah, be brief, be brief, be brief. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, you know, Aaron, <clears throat> for 20 years doing screen, screen printing classes early on in every class, a hand will go up and say, Hey, uh, are you going to be talking about pricing? And then a few other people, yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask about that too. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about pricing your product. And, um, and you know, Aaron, I think a lot of people feel a little overwhelmed, especially when you're starting your business about, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to price. And yeah. I, I, I certainly went through that when I first started my business right out of college, but it doesn't have to be so complicated. You know, all these things can be pretty simplified. So uh, as you said, you know, we put together these six questions and Aaron and I are both going to make our comments. So Aaron, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> the first question, does it matter what the competition is charging? <laughs> that is a good question. Um, can I go off script though? Because <laughs> because you talked about the fact that it, it's simple. And I, I think this was the big realization that I had is that pricing is actually at its core, very simple, just the execution of it's not easy. I think like anything that's important to us, right? It, it, the actual process is simple. The execution requires work, right? It requires us to actually have some stick to and some things like that. So um, I, I just didn't want to let that one go because I think that was a really important statement that you made there. So, all right, to answer your, your question, and, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you say about this too, but does it matter what the competition is charging? I mean, I guess the answer is yes, uh, but I think for successful business owners, it ultimately becomes a no, right? Uh, so what, what my answer to that means is, yes, we want to understand, right? I don't want to just bury my head in the sand and go, you know, blah, 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 blocking everything out. I, I want to understand what the market will bear. And, and so, you know, one of the good ways to find out kind of what that range is, is to understand what your competitors are charging. But understanding that the competitive, just because somebody's charging this doesn't mean that you can sell, you know, that you have to sell it at that price, right? Um, it, it's It's about, kind of what is your unique value proposition? What what makes buying from you different, right? Um, Cassie had the article about Yeezy and whatever you think about him, he sold plain white t-shirts for $300, right? And, and sold out, okay. So if I went out there and said, oh, I'm gonna sell my t-shirt for $300, Terry, why are you not buying from me, right? Because I haven't done anything to tell you why 
it's important to buy from me? What, what's my unique value proposition? Do you get to be part of the Yeezy family, right? That kind of thing, even though it's a white t-shirt, right? So, um, so ultimately, Terry, to me, the, the understanding of what your competition charges is just for market research. And right. then what's important, though, is then to figure out what strategies you need to differentiate your business kind of beyond the price. So what, what's your take on that, Terry? Well, you know, I always tell, uh, again, my classes, I always say, you know, shop the competition and not for the purpose of, of selling for 25 cents less. Yeah. Just have a, an understanding of the marketplace. Um, you, you might do all your calculations and say, you know, I can sell a white t-shirt with a one color screen print on it for $4.95 and make money all day long. But then you shop the competition and everybody else in town is selling them for $7.95. Well, don't be the $4.95 guy. Why, why yeah. leave up that? If people are paying $7.95, uh, it's not necessary to leave money on the table to, to um, uh, you know, make money where you can. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, it comes back to the conversation we've had before where, somebody will walk up to us at a trade show and probably every trade show, you know, in my town, you can't get more than $5 for a printed t-shirt. Yeah. You know, in my town, Columbus, uh -huh. Ohio, yeah. you can't get more than $15 for a DTG printed uh, shirt. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my response to that is you are talking to the wrong people or you don't think what you're selling has value. Correct. And um, you wouldn't pay that for that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, we, we had a good friend we used to work with who, who could, couldn't bring himself to, to tell somebody that, Hey, this, uh, this DTG printer is $15,000. He, yeah. he could barely bring himself to, to say the words because yeah. they, he, he couldn't see himself spending $15,000 for that, that machine yeah. while the rest yeah. of us were selling them uh, hand over foot, as my mom would say. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and another example, gosh, 30 years ago, uh, when I was at a, a company selling collegiate apparel, you know, we were selling wholesale printed T-shirts 30 years ago for $11.95. And I will guarantee you, half the screen printers in Kansas City were selling that same shirt for $6.95. But, but what we were selling was we were selling delivery we're selling a quality product delivered on time here we are yeah, yeah. i'm gonna work it into every conversation it's gonna be science <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but sad. but we were selling uh we were selling great graphics we were selling delivery we were selling the sizzle as uh as, as you like yeah. to say uh aaron <laughs> yeah 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 and and i think you've just hit the nail on the head there right you you weren't just selling the t-shirt you were selling all those other things. And that was your unique value proposition, right? I, I always call it sell the sizzle because I had a, a sales manager at one point tell me that and he explained it. He, it's like, we don't go to the steakhouse to buy the steak, right? We, we could spend a lot less, probably grill about, I mean, you know, maybe it's a little bit better, but I'm pretty good at the grill, right? I can probably grill my own steak. So why the hell would I go spend $40 on a $50 on a steak when I could, you know, spend five, 10, whatever on a similar steak at home, I, I go there for the sizzle, right? It comes walking across my, my glands start saliv salivating. I, I, I'm right. excited about the experience that I'm going to be taking care of for an hour and a half, two hours, and just waited on and, and feel like I'm a king because I'm in this 
nice steakhouse, right? And it's that sizzle right. that kind of sets the <laughs> sets the tone. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah. So bottom line is, yeah, you you want to know what the competition is selling for, but that that as you said, uh, Aaron, it's, it's just market research. It's just yeah. having awareness. It's uh, nothing more than that. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. All, All right. right. What's the next well, where place next we want to go? question is where do I start if I'm a new business? And man, I, I, I remember sitting uh, with, with my junior legal pad <laughs> 40 <laughs> years ago. They were full size back then. It's, okay. it's you know, inflation, deflation. <laughs> but, but just trying to figure out where do I start? So Aaron, what, what are your thoughts on where do I start? Yeah. And, and I think this is a fun question because yes, everybody, everybody needs to start somewhere, but I would also even say, even if you're an established business, I think the ultimate goal of building a business that you love is about going through the cycle and just continuing that cycle. So we, we, I think we should all get back to this, whether we're again, new business or not, but I think the number one place to start is what's your overhead, right? I don't think we think about that early enough in our business. And I don't care if you're, you know, it's kind of a side hustle and you're, you know, in my basement here, right. Or in the garage or, you know, I, well, I don't have any overhead baloney. Everybody, no matter what has got overhead and you need to get your arms around that. Right. And, and it's not, if you're, if you're an accountant, do this, you know, cover your ears. It doesn't have to be to the penny. We're not doing the checks and balances here, but I need to have a pretty good understanding of how much it costs me just to open the doors each day. And, and so this is where we started our success group. It's like, let's determine what your overhead is and let's get that because then from that place, now I can price my products accordingly and, and go from there. So to me, that's the, the the number one place to start. And like I said, go back and refresh that and make sure that we continue to keep our arms around this. Again, I'm not trying to talk down to the, the accounting folks, I don't, but we don't need to be dead on to the penny, but I need to understand, right? Things have gone up. There's this thing called inflation that we're all dealing with right now. Um, and if we haven't gone back and taken a look at what our actual overhead is, and what, one other quick tip that I'll leave before we get your take on this, Terry, is that overhead should also include um, paying yourself and planning for the future, right? If you need to go to Terry and buy that new DTG machine, let your business pay for it because you've planned ahead for that in your overhead number. So anyhow, that, that's my quick take. And, and planning for the future was exactly what I was going to talk about because- cool. Yeah, maybe maybe you are starting your business in your, in your basement. And hey, if that's where you're going to stay, fine. I mean, yeah. lots of very successful home-based businesses. Absolutely. But if your intention is to have a storefront or or rent the building down the street, yeah. take that into account yeah. when you're doing your pricing because it, it's it's very difficult to have your, your price sheet set. And then, oh, now we've moved into this building. So now everything's $2 more because I have to pay for that. Uh, kind of think ahead when you're doing this pricing uh, as if you... Uh, you are in your future location. And and some of this is going to be guesswork when you're starting out. Yep. And, and and you can fine-tune it. As Aaron said, you don't have to uh, you don't have to be down to the penny, but you can guesstimate what your uh, electrical costs are going to be. You can guesstimate what your water bill is going to be. And hey, if it even in your home. If all of a sudden you're you're setting up a uh, a conveyor dryer, or you're setting up heat presses, or you're setting up an embroidery machine, 
yes, you're going to be paying more for your electricity, things like that. So, you know, uh, kind of pencil it out. And and Aaron and I are both huge nerds on using Excel spreadsheets. But but start building those spreadsheets and and all the expenses that you anticipate having and and build it out for the next year. And and it's a fluid thing as you go along. Oh, gosh, I didn't think about, you know, the cost of this or the cost of that. So, you know, uh, develop your spreadsheet and and calculate in those new costs and and start adjusting as you go along. Maybe maybe you think your electrical is going to be five hundred dollars a month and it ends up being it's only three hundred dollars a month. So go in and readjust. And if you do it on that Excel spreadsheet, man, it just all calculates for yeah. you. And it, it's 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 uh, Excel nerd uh, heaven to watch yeah. show. To watch all those numbers, watch, watch formulas come together. Yeah, and <laughs> and I, I think I love that you said that it's fluid, right? And I think that's the most important part, right? Because a lot of times we get into this and we start doing it, and then we're like, oh well, I don't really know that, and I've got to go research this, and oh my god, and you know, th- three weeks go by, and you're just pricing based off of the whim or what some person that knows nothing about your business on Facebook told you to price it at, right? And, and it's fluid, right? So. This is to get your overhead. This is to get your costs so you can price your products, but you should also then be pricing in some profit. And then the profit can cover, oh, I forgot about that. Well, okay, so I made a little less profit there, but but I'm okay because I'm also paying myself, right? And so maybe I, I, I have to reinvest what I paid myself back into the company, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I, I, I think fluid is such a great word for that, Terry. Very good. Well, the next question. What are some factors overlooked when calculating your costs? So what what are we leaving off the spreadsheet, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's like, that's exactly it too. Because you know how I uh, figured out what to put in here? I went to my spreadsheet and saw the extra columns that I put, right? <laughs> um, well, I think number one, and we've talked about this a little bit already, but I think number one is just labor, right? We, we go, oh, well, I'm just a new business or I'm a home-based business, right? I mean, I, I'm a if you don't put labor in there, if you don't plan to pay yourself, even if your business isn't to a point where it can really kind of pay yourself a a wage yet, if you have a plan to get there and you're putting that in there and then, you you know, again, you've got that buffer to it, um, then because you'll never pay yourself if you don't plan to from the beginning. It it just, it's not one of those things that we can go, oh, I'll get there someday. Okay, well, no, you need to plan for it now and then, you know, utilize that as a tool that when you are bringing in enough consistent business, that 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 money that you pay yourself actually stays in your personal account. It doesn't get reinvested back into the business. So um, that that's the first thing that stands out to me the most. People just don't value their time enough. Um, and then I guess the other thing to me, Terry, are the costs that I would say aren't on the website. When, you know, when I go and buy that blank shirt, when I go and buy that blank mug, Right. The, these are the costs that aren't necessarily right out front of the uh, <laughs> on their website. Right. How much does it cost you to bring that into you? The inbound freight amount. I think people miss that a lot. Oh, I should just get free freight. The Amazon effect. Right. Well, honestly, sometimes you're paying more if you're getting free freight. So look at that. Right. What's your inbound freight costs? Um this is one that a lot of people don't understand. It took me a long time to understand, but you have a thing called carrying costs, right? So I maybe went and bought a case of mugs and if it's sitting there on the shelf, that's cash that I could be reinvesting in my business. And so there's a cost to carry inventory, right? So we wanna have the products that we need to be able to, to deliver, 
but I don't want to have an excess of things that maybe I don't see a future of how I'm going to be able to sell that. So there's a cost involved with that. Um, spoilage. Uh, that's another thing that I think sometimes we miss, right? And this doesn't mean that we're going to screw up everything all the time. But if I said, you know, I'm trying to get Terry to become my customer and he'd like a sample of the mugs that I'm going to make for him, right? That And I'm giving him that sample just as a, out of my, the kindness of my heart. Well, that's technically spoilage, right? That's a product that I've ruined that I haven't been able to sell because I've just given it away. Or it's the products that you don't make well that you, <laughs> as you're getting better right. at the process, right? And then the last thing um, I, I think that sometimes we miss too is, is packaging, right? We'll, we'll get the thing in. Um, and yes, sometimes people do just put it right back into the Gildan box or whatever. But you know, you've got the tape that goes on that. Maybe you're putting a label on it that says, hey, I'm just reusing this box because I care about the environment. So all of those things have cost to them. And so just kind of like you talked about earlier, Terry, though, just get them all, you know, get that plan, get get your junior yellow Eagle pad to start or plug it right into the spreadsheet. And what are some of these costs that are out there? So what, what, you know, what other things you got? Well, you know, some of the things that, that you'll end up adding to your spreadsheet are going to be, oh, yeah, insurance. Uh, I didn't put that on the spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fees, memberships, going to a trade show. Please budget for that. Please budget for going to a trade show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I love the fact you, had, you have spoilage on there because it's something that people don't think about. And, and uh you know, in my, in my, again, in my classes, that's it's one of the, on the first day, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to teach you a new word spoilage <laughs> everybody <laughs> has it i mean no matter what you do you know you, you you do sublimate on a on a piece of aluminum and uh you pick it up too soon it's hot and you drop it and you bend the edge guess what that's spoilage you can't i mean well i guess you could sell it but uh <laughs> you could. Yeah. more likely give it away but but those are the kind of things that uh, that that you do need to think about and uh, uh again these types of things, like, like you don't know what your spoilage is going to be. I, I, I always tell people in screen printing, the accepted spoilage, and, and I don't accept it, but the accepted spoilage out there is 3%. That means, you know, a garment that I printed the front and when I went to print the back, I had a hole in it. That's spoilage. I can't send it back to Sanmar with a print on it. Um, um, so 3% spoilage is what I would calculate yep. and my goal is one and a half percent spoilage so yep. um and, those and are I, the, yeah and, just and, to, and keep track keep track yeah keep track of that that that's it because you know and i would say you know for for newer businesses when you're trying to learn a process right that i i agree that three percent's a great number with the intention of being down at one and a half um i think for a new business if you plan for five percent as you're learning the process just think how much freedom that gives you, right? I, oh, okay. I can try this mug out. I can try to get perfect at making the plaque. I can, you know, and, and really refine my process without a lot of pressure on me going, oh my God, I just wasted a $2 thing. You know, I mean, we, if we can give ourselves that freedom, it really, really opens us up. So um, it's, it's like in uh, with DTG, I remember somebody calling me up, Aaron, when we, you and I were together at US Screen and said, I, I just wanted to tell you, I have a whole box of, uh, of, of misprinted garments from the past year. And I, I laughed. I'm like, oh, wait, you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you will have spoilage. Yes, yeah, I love that. I love that. In fact, um, we're going to take a quick, quick break here and um, 
But let's get Kristen's comment before we take this break here, uh, Terry. So she says, uh, I keep a cost of sales Excel spreadsheet with each job listed. So I know when I've mispriced something, so I know that I need to adjust my prices the next time. I, I love that, right? Just planning ahead. So um, absolutely. And, and while while the uh, our, our quick break here, I'm actually going to go grab a spoilage that I, I made yesterday. And uh, just again, <laughs> to show that, yes, there is a such thing as, as spoilage. So um, but let's let's hear a, a quick word about a new project I'm super excited about, and then we'll come back and uh, get back into the pricing here. Are you a small business owner or coach feeling trapped in a cycle of stagnation and uncertainty? Welcome to the Radical Goal Getters, where we facilitate transformative mastermind groups for tenacious individuals like you. Reserve your spot in a powerful six-month mastermind program led by certified success principles coaches. The Radical Goal Getters Mastermind Groups offer a supportive environment, expert guidance, collaborative learning, and accountability. Radical Goal Getters also provides a private asynchronous messaging system, allowing you to connect with fellow group members, share resources, ask questions, and get support 24-7. Visit RadicalGoalGetters.com for more information. Ready to transform your goals into reality? There are five available time slots and each group is limited to the first six people who apply. Unleash your radical potential and accomplish what you've never thought possible. Visit RadicalGoalGetters.com to reserve your spot now by applying today. The groups will start the week of August 7th, so get your seat at the table today. All right, well, check that out. I just just launched that man. I'm super excited about it. This is uh, leading right into my uh, my purpose, my passion. So uh, I definitely That's appreciate awesome. you guys checking that out over at Radical Goal Getters. It, you know, it could could be right for you. Uh, this is um, I've got a, a mastermind program that we run through our success group um, that that's more geared towards the decorators community. Uh, but this this is really like six month program. You want to reach a goal. You want to get in there. You want to have accountability. You want to have support. Um, I've seen this work. I've seen this work in my own life. Uh, it's how I got through uh, the content of my book, and um, it's it's going to be powerful. So, if that's something you want to check out, would love that's to awesome. love to have you. Yeah. All right. I mentioned the spoilage before we get into the next question. Now, I've I've probably made I don't know somewhere in the thousands of garden flags over the course of my sublimation career. You know, you would think that after all that time that uh, I would get it right. But I was making 14 garden flags the other day and I ruined two of them just by um, being careless. So my percentage is pretty poor. <laughs> Here's one right here. So I don't know if you can see it. Just this white white line at the top. I didn't get the. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. I'll put it back up, Eric. Sorry. Yeah, white line at the very top. So this was a, a no go. This should be a full bleed. Um so, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the flag all the way on the press, so that it was just laying off half of it, right? So, well, which happens, right? Even if somebody that's done this thousands and thousands of times, and I could be upset about it, or I could go, you know what? It's just part of the part of the process. Thank you very much. I kept it because, um, as Terry said, keep track of it, right? So this goes onto our log, and then we look back and say, okay, how many did we sell? How many were spoiled or given away? And that gives us our percentage so we can then better price products later on. So, all right. What's uh, what's next, Terry, unless there's anything all right. to Question number there. four. We're cruising along here. Yes, we are. Um, how do I know if I'm making money? Is it if I have positive checking account? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got money in my wallet. Um, <laughs> so here's... Here's why this is such an important question for us to answer in our inside of our business, because 
I unfortunately see a lot of businesses that are in the process of going out of business and they just don't know it, right? They, they've got money in their checking account, but their expenses are, are bigger. They're not really tracking anything. They're just going, oh, well, what's this guy? I've got to, you know, like I'm so busy, but yet I can't seem to get ahead. And it's probably because your price too low and people are probably just sending you work because they didn't want to do it. <laughs> I've, I've met a lot of people where if I was not a nice person, I would just tell them, no, you're doing good. Um, by the way, I'm going to send you all my work and then I'll just resell it for what it, you should charge. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I think it's ultimately, Terry, about having a system in your business to to really understand that, right? Um, Kristen's idea about the Excel spreadsheet with each job listed. So she knows, right? She knows if she's making money and, and making that part of the regular cycle of the things that you do in your business. It's, it's kind of this regular review of what you thought, right? What your budget was, the, the, the kind of fluidness that Terry talked about earlier. And then, okay, now I've got that data over the last three months, over the last six months, let me plug that in and look at what's the difference between those two, right? And so am I really making um, progress? And here's here's my last tip in this, Terry, and then I'm excited to hear what you've got to share about this. But my last tip in this is, I think we get stuck in this because most of us are fairly creative and creativity and the kind of checks and balances of accounting don't always play well together, right? That doesn't excite us. <laughs> so doing my <laughs> yeah, right. books does not excite me, right? Even though I grew up around a CPA uh, my entire life growing up, my dad was CPA for 25 years, um, it doesn't excite me. And so I think that's where we like, ah, I'm not excited about it, so I'm not gonna look at it. And we never do. So my tip is just outsource the bookkeeping, just outsource it. I, I, I know people, I can't afford that. Well, you can't afford not to keep track of this. And if you're not going to bring yourself to it, that money that you spend outsourcing that accounting is going to allow you to understand if you're making money and therefore you will be making money, but it, you can't afford not to have those things up to date. So um, that, that's my take on how do I know if I'm making money? I have a story. It was not in a bar. It's actually <laughs> in the... In our now company, I'm, now I'm perplexed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a new story. No, I, I just uh, you you also have to um, keep track of of, of any uh, things that you do differently. And and here here's my example. Uh, I was uh, at, at Jones and Mitchell Sportswear in Kansas City for for several years, and we we're a multi million dollar screen printing company, uh, about thirteen million dollars, thirteen and a half. Uh, my last year there <clears throat> and the sales department decided they wanted to do a promotion, just one item they wanted to sell at a, at a um, lower price. Mm -hmm. and so I, I don't remember. It was like a, instead of selling that t-shirt for 1095, this promotion where you could buy them for 695, but it's just one item. And, yeah. and so all should be right with the, with the world. And, and for our company budget, since I was the, the plant manager, myself and our, our uh, uh, accountant would get together and, and review the budget. And, um, and he, he called me up and said, Terry, you, you need to come to my office. We have lost thousands of dollars this year. And I'm like, well, how is that possible? We had more production and a lot more stuff going out the door. And, and here's what happened. The uh, the bookstores that we were selling to, they might budget to spend twenty five thousand dollars with us. Okay. And what they did was they took their twenty five thousand dollars and they loaded up 
on all those lower priced products. So we were selling more stuff and making less money. It was a, it was quite the crisis that, wow. you know, and, and, and it, it happened quietly because production numbers were the same uh, or more um, sales numbers were coming in the same yeah. and we lost money. And it was, uh, it was uh, not clear thinking on the, here's what sales assumed. They'll just buy even more. No, they had a budget. They were going yeah. by their budget, just like we have to go by our budget. Right. So yeah. I don't yeah. know if that per pertains. No, I think that's, I think that's exactly that, what we're but... talking about. Yeah, exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, without that thought process, thinking about how do I make money, right. How's this going to change things then? Yeah. You're, you're not going to know that. So, all right. So well, in, in, in that scenario, the, you know, our plans for the coming year, adding some personnel, uh, adding some new equipment, that kind of thing, all went out the window for that year. Yep. All went out the window because yep. we had lost money without even realizing we were losing money. So, yep. Yep. all right. But then you well, adjusted and made, made, made the adjustments to, you know, like I said, well, we're not going to bring on the new personnel or new equipment, but well, let's my get takeaway back to was it. don't trust the sales manager ever. No, I, <laughs> huh, I feel like you're throwing production stones guy. at me. Production sales, production sales. <laughs> right. All right. Here's our fifth question. All right. What, uh, what can I do to make more money with the business I have? Yes. Yeah, this is, I, you came up with some fantastic questions, Terry. This is awesome. <laughs> well, thank um, you. <laughs> so I think here's the first thing to understand. Um, price and cost are two different things, right? We, we, we kind of, put all this into this one bowl where it's like all money. And we think that, you know, the cost, like we think we buy things based on what they cost, what we think they cost to make. But I mean, you can find lots of, lots of different products out there. That'll be like, nope, the, the cost to make that. And um, what, what I'm paying for it drastically different, right? It's the Toyota Lexus thing. The cost to make both those cars are pretty darn similar with the, you know, addition of a couple extra little parts and pieces on the Lexus, but it's that perceived value that will get somebody to pay more for it, right? It, it's the plain right. white t-shirt for $300. You can go across the board. And so I think the best way to, to make money is to understand how our customers perceive the products that they're buying from us, right? And and that comes from how you're you're branding yourself. That comes from how you're talking about the products, right? You talked earlier about, you know, if you can't bring yourself, if you don't think that you can get, you know, $20 a shirt or 30, you know, nobody in my town pays that, right? I, I love it when people come to me with that question now. I used to hate it, but I, I love it now because it gives us an opportunity to kind of really explain to people, you're looking at this all wrong. You have to, you know, we, we all know what people buy from us. But I think we do a very poor job as business owners really truly trying to understand why people buy from us. So perceived value is huge. That's the number one thing for me. Um, another kind of couple little um, tactical things that you can do, um, upselling, right? Uh, you know, I've you want this? Well, you know, typically people that buy this product also buy this, you know, would you like to, so it's that kind of upsell. It's that, you know, you put it in your cart, you go to what Vista print and you've got 27 upsells that come in, coming along with it or, or a cross sell, right? This product. And, oh yeah, people buy this product. So the, those are not, not the same, but they're similar. And then another strategy is kind of the, the bundle idea. 
Um, they've done countless numbers of research where they've kind of put two products out there where I've got product A and product B, and let's say they're both $5. So, right, we can do the math. Both of those together are $10. But if we sold that as one product for just $10, more people buy the bundled product because, oh, I'm getting two things for $10, where when you buy them both together, I'm just getting one thing for $5 each, right? And and our brains don't really uh, kind of understand the difference in that. And then the last thing for me, Terry, um, is to also understand that repeat business is way more profitable than we all focus so much on going out and getting new business that we sometimes forget that if we just focused on our current customers and and figuring out how we can do more business with them or really understanding who they are and then letting them attract new clients to us as opposed to, oh my God, I've got to go do this social media ad and I've got to get my latest funnel together. And how about just going and getting really cozy with your current customers and understanding why they buy from you and, you know, things like loyalty programs, things like that. So like what that. else you got for us? Well, you know, I, interestingly enough, I was talking to a decorator in Kansas uh, here, this a couple of months ago. <clears throat> and she was telling me that um, she was doing school sto stores, but screen printing. And so she said, I could only put maybe three items on my school store because it wasn't efficient for me, uh, you know, to, to have a lot of different items. So then she shifted gears and, and, and she still does a huge volume of screen printing. But for her store, she shifted gears and now does DTG and DTF transfers. So she said, I... I can now do nine or 10 different uh, graphics, different items in that school store. And she goes, Here, here's what surprised me. When I had three items, people would choose one. They would choose A, B, or C. When I have nine items, that same customer will pick three or four items to purchase. So she said, each of my customers now buys many more products because I give them so many different options that they, I got to have this one. I got to have this one. I thought, what, a, what an interesting real life story yeah. to make more money uh, at what you do. But for, for me, Aaron, coming from the production side, and this is where this show, this show started when I was doing a, a seminar on, on pricing your products, I did the hour and a half on from the production end and, um, and the other gentleman was doing uh, the uh, the hour and a half uh, from the from the sales end. But um, so so what can I do? First of all, I can focus on what I do best. What mm -hmm. I, what can I do uh, that I can uh, that I can repeat, repeat, repeat without any trouble? And I can job out some of these oddball things and let somebody else do it. Uh, and you you know you had mentioned that, Aaron. And and the next thing is efficiency just get better at what you do. Yeah. Uh, I've done many consultations and screen printing shops back when I used to do that kind of thing and walk in the door and say, and they would introduce me and say, this is Terry. He's going to, uh, he's guaranteed that we will double our production in 30 days. And of course, all the screen print guys are like, whoa, what? I can't print anything. <laughs> Hold on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> because, because most screen printers and most decorators are very inefficient about what they do. I just go in and help them tighten up the, the, the pre-press, tighten up what they do after and get on to the next order. So just by being more efficient, mm. you're going to make more money at what you're doing.
Yeah, I love that. Uh, that's I, lo- I love that that you brought that up because I always talk to people like you need to look at your your actual decorating process. I'm mean, really anything you do inside of your business if you can look at it like a race car pit crew. This is my yes. favorite analogy, right? Like because if you think about a race car pit crew, they need to go as fast as they possibly can. They 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 can't you know that every second counts, right? So they're they're trying to be as efficient as possible, but they have to also get it exactly right because if they miss a lug nut, you know, that driver's life's in danger. And then I always then go from that to your story, Terry, right? Fortunately for us, it's only a t-shirt and nobody dies, but <laughs> you know, it, our business can feel like, you know, somebody is dying when, when it doesn't go well. So um, I, I love that. That's good stuff. Um, it, can we also share Jan, uh, Jan Callahan's, uh, yeah. She says perceive value. Oh, yep. Thank you, Eric. Perceive value. My favorite words when selling embroidery, it's my jam, right? It's, I love that. It's about how people perceive the product, not about how much it costs. Um, and then <laughs> Jan says, now we're talking her love language upselling. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Jan is a master of that for sure. So, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, Terry, let's get the last one here. All right. And look at us pretty much on time. Yeah. How right. often should I recheck my numbers? Yeah. And, and I'm excited to hear your take on this, but my take is, unfortunately, there's not a one size fits all answer for everybody. Um, I would say that if you're a newer business, the more often you check it, right, because you were probably making some more guesstimates up front. And so the more actual data that you have, the better you can be. Um, but, you know, again, you've got to weigh that out with, I got to also run my business, right? I can't just be in the numbers all the time. Um, so, and if you're a more established business and you feel more comfortable with your numbers, then I would say minimum annually, right? So what's your take on that? hundred percent. If you've been in business for a couple of years, I'm going to say certainly at least once a year, you know, sit down and take a look. Uh, if I'm a new business, uh, honestly, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking every one to three months at, and, and mostly what I'm going to be doing is massaging those, those costs yeah. and, and, uh, adjusting, making sure that, that, um, you know, gosh, I was way off on this or I was way off on that, or, uh, it costs a, costs a lot more or a lot less than I thought yeah. it was going to. So, yeah. uh, I'm going to certainly every three months with a, with a new business. So, I love that. um, you know, and, but again, that Aaron and I, Excel nerds. Yeah. Well, just, I'm, just I'm plug it in every day and I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is that balance, right? Everything's about balance. I love that. All right. <laughs> well, that's what we got for you guys for pricing. So hopefully that's helped. Hopefully uh, you can take some of those uh, nuggets in there and, and uh, you have a little bit more confidence in your pricing by, by going out and, and doing some of those things there. But uh, Terry, we're, uh, we're, we're still on the road. I'm glad that uh, no new things have come up and, and we still get to be out on the road. Um, yeah. Now I am uh, doing a virtual event here coming up. Uh, Condi's open house is the 20th and 21st. And uh, they are, are actually having an in-person event on the 22nd. So however you want, but if you go over to dietrans.com and just look for the sublimation circus, you can check that out. But uh, Terry, what's uh, wh- where's your big book of travel taking you? All right. My complete screen printing business course. I'm going to be at Atlas Screen Supply in Chicago, August 26th and 27th. I'll be back here in Phoenix at Workhorse Products on September 23rd and 24th. I'm going to be doing the everything you've heard about DTG and DTF printing on the Internet is wrong at Impressions Expo on September 14th. And all my upcoming events are at terrycombs.com. How about you, Aaron? 
Uh, well, the next thing coming up for me is uh, really excited about this, our success group training that I'm doing with Dane Clement. Uh, we had him on here not too long ago talking about this. So it's called Boost Your Graphic Skills by Mastering AI. And it's happening uh, next Wednesday, July 19th at 7 Central Time. If you're not an OSG member, it's okay. We're, we're offering this one as a standalone because uh, we just had so much demand for it. Uh, so you can not only tune in live and be part of it live, but uh, you'll have access to the recording until the end of July. Um, and the cost is only $49 for it. So you can register for access to that at oursuccessgroup.com forward slash graphics underscore AI. Uh, so make sure to check that out. And then the next thing, um, I get to be part of a really cool workshop I'm excited about at the Impressions Expo Fort Worth uh, the day before on September 13th. Um, so the workshop's called the ABCs, Design, Print, and Market, and it's going to be with the uh, good folks at the Magic Touch, uh, Corel Trainer, uh, myself with our success group, and uh, Creo. And so it's going to be a full-day workshop where we're going to provide a start-to-finish look at custom apparel from that initial design uh, all the way to the final print, and, and I'm going to bring all the business aspects to it. And we're going to walk you through each step. It's a, it's a full-day class, and um, we're even talking about uh, doing a little field trip and uh, going and having a little kind of lunch together where we get to network a little bit. So um, check That's that awesome. out. And with, with that with that group, I think it's going to be a little bit of fun too. <laughs> it, it could be some fun there for sure. So uh, osg.link forward slash ABCS. So ABCs to check that out. And then lastly, uh, you guys heard the promo earlier about it, but I'm super excited about radicalgoalgetters.com. So I'd appreciate you guys checking that out. If you have any questions, just let me know, hit that yellow contact uh, us button and that comes right to me or you can reach out to me, however. So um, Terry, would you uh, share what Eric's got coming up here? Absolutely. Today's take up is episode 160. It actually says episode twice. It's like double special. And uh, <laughs> Policy and the approval process, all about the how and why of multi-step approvals for embroidery. And head over to ericcampbell.com and, uh, and click on the take up tab at the top and join live at 2.30 Mountain daylight time to share your <laughs> insights and uh, uh, see Eric at Impressions Expo Fort Worth, including presenting embroidery's value proposition. Cool. Awesome. I, I'm excited to see you guys out in Fort Worth. I, I don't know if we'll have a chance to get together in person before then, but uh, I'm looking forward to that out in September. All right, you guys. Well, we, we promised a new segment. So uh, here we go. So here is the secret sauce, the uh, regulator secret sauce here. And as I mentioned, AI uh, is all the rage these days. And uh, if you haven't uh, gotten into ChatGPT, uh, you should check it out. It's definitely uh, worth playing with at least. And um, I've spent a lot of time playing with it. And what I found is the better your prompt, the, the question you ask it, the better your result is going to be. So here's some tips about crafting those responses. Um, when you craft your, your prompt, Make sure that your prompts are very specific, they're very clear, and they're very purposeful, um, and you provide detailed information, right? The, the more vague you are, the more vague result you're going to get. So we want to avoid that vagueness and, and give the AI clear direction. It's not like I'm talking to another person where we need to have all the small talk. I want to get very specific and get, get into it, right? Um, also, make sure to state your intent so that ChatGPT understands your goal, right? What do you need, right? What, what, what are you trying to find out? And then how do you need that delivered? So, you know, I'm a Instagram expert. So give me an Instagram post, right? Is what you need them to provide for you. So uh, 
just just telling them that, giving them that specific task, let it know. And then for some, this might be a challenge. So um, I, I recommend using a tool like Grammarly, but you do want to try to maintain correct spelling and, and grammar as best you can to kind of ensure that smooth conversation. So ChatGPT can definitely handle some mistakes, but clear prompts help it provide more reliable responses. And then next in your prompt, uh, direct the desired output format in your question, right? So if you want that step-by-step -step list, if you want instructions, if you want a concise, clear paragraph, um, just make sure that we're communicating that very clearly. You can even tell it what type of voice do you prefer? How do you want the response to come across? Do you want that more professional or more playful? And you'll get two very different responses when you when you ask for something and then tell it that, that voice you want. And then lastly, uh, remember that ChatGPT is a conversation with an AI. It's just a, it's a conversation with that AI tool, right? So feel free to ask it follow-up questions. Once you're in that, that chat, what you've talked about before, it will remember that and, and you can just keep diving a little bit deeper into that. So just refine what you're looking for. Also experiment with different phrasing uh, if you're not getting what you want. And, and by tweaking your questions, you can find the response that resonates best. So ChatGPT can be a very powerful assistant if you master its abilities and get to know how to best communicate and gain the details that you want from it. So there's my secret sauce. <music>